That was the opening music to The Sugarland Express, released in 1974 and directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Goldie Hawn, Ben Johnson, Michael Sachs, William Atherton, and a lot of old cars. And you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at classicmoviereviews.net or in Facebook, just search for ClassicMovieReviews.net or in iTunes, uh, just uh, search for Classic Movie Reviews. And I guess actually in the podcast app on your phone, you can find us uh, that way as well. Give us a, a like, it helps to spread the word. And if you can go into iTunes and leave us a review, that would be awesome. Uh, even if it's uh, just a star rating, that that's super helpful. So... Uh, I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from North Bend today. And I'm Bob Johnson, uh, recording from Los Angeles, and welcoming you all back to Classic Movie Reviews and our review of the Sugarland Express. I enjoyed the film. Um, according to my research here, this was uh, Steven Spielberg's first feature-length film. <clears throat> he had done a really excellent TV film. They used to have movies of the week, and it was called Duel, with Dennis Weaver being chased by a tractor trailer and a nut job of a driver. It was a heck of a good movie. I, I remember watching it when it was live. Yeah, that was a good movie. I remember, I don't know if I saw it live or not, but uh, I'm sure I saw it later, like at one of those late night movie shows that they would do, like at 10 or 11 or even 1 o'clock in the morning when I would stay up that late. Uh, but yeah, Dennis Weaver was in that too. I remember he was the truck driver, right? Yeah. No, he was he was the salesman that was being chased by oh, the truck driver. Oh, that's right. We never saw the truck driver in that movie. That's right. I think at the very end there might have been one quick uh, photo of him. Okay. But it, it was a it was a good uh, review of a Chrysler sedan because Dennis put that car through all the paces. <laughs> Well, spe speaking of early 70s cars, there's like about 100 different cars in this movie, Sugarland Express, especially near the end when they have that big chase. The slow-moving oh, chase across Texas. When I, when I watched it, I hadn't yet done some of the background, and I'd not watched it before. But apparently that, that long, uh, huge number of cars was, was actually, uh, that's what happened. I was like, my goodness, how to stage that? It's amazing. Well, right, they, it's based on a true story, and uh, they, uh, yeah, they actually did have a, a situation like that. The details were a little different in the true story. Boy, were, they, were they ever? And I was my thinking goodness. as I was watching it, uh, kind of near the end of the movie, that I almost wish that that it that he had deviated a bit from from the true story. Like I think. Uh, the ending it's kind of a downer so <laughs> you know what i thought about it is it's almost like two different movies in one parts of it were really to me realistic and i could really identify with it and then parts of it became a little bit over the top and, and cartoonish and uh so i had kind of a mixed feeling on that part of it but i tell you mr spielberg didn't waste any time making some excellent movies. He followed this up right away with Jaws in 1975. Yeah. Woo. We should review that one, even though 
you know, I mean, it's it's got a million different reviews out on the internet, I'm sure, but <laughs> I love sure that does. movie. It's so good. Uh, it holds up well, too. It also would tell me I'd never go swimming in that part of the ocean. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a classic line, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, love man. that line. So, well, then uh, he did, and then he did Close Encounters not too soon after that. Oh, and some really excellent movies. Schindler's List, 1993, Saving Private Ryan, 1998. The opening 20 minutes of that is unbelievably realistic. Uh, Lincoln in 2012 and uh, Munich in 2005, and it goes on and on. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting, too, because the music in the movie... uh, Really, I thought fit the sort of the tone of, of the movie. It was kind of lighthearted at some parts, and then kind of dramatic at other parts, and kind of funny in some parts. And I was surprised; I didn't know this until the end credits that John Williams was the composer, and this was the first movie that they worked on together. Obviously, it was his first feature film, but then they went on to have a real long-standing collaboration where Steven Spielberg and John Williams did so many movies together boy did they ever um and wonderful music which adds so much to to uh, the spielberg films this was a very successful movie uh made a lot of money universal pictures was happy um and had some interesting i i loved ben johnson's character in the movie as the sheriff i thought he was a realistic note to the film yeah, he did great. Like, I appreciated that he wasn't just one of those uh, characters that is so predictable and 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 cardboard cut out. You know, he he actually had some depth, and we got to know his character a bit more in the movie. And 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 I also really liked the guy that was in the car with them that they kind of kidnapped. Oh, the the deputy. Yes, I. Uh... I think uh, that was what is his name here. Uh, Michael Sachs. Michael Sachs Slide, yeah. Maxwell Slide. Yeah, and and kind of their interactions and I thought there was a bit of a Stockholm syndrome going on near the end where he was really kind of rooting for them, you know, like <laughs> he wanted them I to know. he kind of wanted them to be able to do, you know, reach their goal of seeing their their little baby. Uh, speaking of well, the baby, they had a hard time finding uh a baby that look like it could be actually their child so what ended up happening was uh the producer's uh son harrison zanuck was <laughs> actually in the movie as the as baby langston his first film role yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> well it has as it lead leading uh actors goldie hahn who's won an academy award uh for fact uh, cactus flower 19 19- 69 and if you ever get a chance to watch my favorite movie that she made a uh, foul play from 1978 and then William Atherton and I'll always remember him as the reporter at the end of Die Hard who gets punched in the nose by Bruce Willis's estranged wife and I'll always remember him as the devious professor from real genius who (laughs) whose house gets filled with popcorn at the end i love that he's done a lot of films i was reading he's got 40 plus films and 
even more television. Well, and, uh, and he sure. was really successful on the stage as well, and, and television. Yes. And he was a real working actor. He worked for decades, and and kind of got a little bit. I think for me, at least, a little bit typecast as kind of that weaselly character from Die Hard or a real genius. But really, I mean, in this movie, he does a great job portraying the conflict that I think he must be feeling between wanting to do what uh, Lou Jean wants, which is to go escape from prison and and go see their baby and, and kind of knowing that maybe that's not really the right thing to do. And so I thought that conflict, he did a good job of portraying it. It was he really enjoyed his character. Hey, we got a free movie next door. Oh, Lou, honey. If Baby Langston was here, we'd be a real family. What if we don't get the baby? Of course we're going to get him. That's why you stole that old police car, ain't it? I guess so, yeah. You guess it is. I guess you're right. Did you miss me? Every day. I like to hear you tell me that. I missed all that sweet talk. He did. He did really well. I, as far as I know, he's still uh, he's still working. I don't. I didn't check that out, but um, I believe he is. They did some screenings of the of the film, as they as they do, and people generally really liked the first half of the movie, and they thought it was pretty funny, and 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 then the sharpshooters show up. And I read, and I don't know if this is true, but that some people actually left the theater and they were so upset that they were crying because they they thought, well, what happened? You know, they're going to get killed by these sharpshooters. And so the second half of the movie is, is really a little bit darker and, and kind of, like you said, a little bit over the top and kind of cartoony in some ways with the car chases and, and wrecks and things. But I, I definitely noticed the, the difference in tone. Between, yeah, I, it's like almost a two-act play. Yeah, with each act being quite different. And you, you had said something about maybe the unevenness could be just a new director, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg's first movie, and and kind of trying to figure out how to to balance the different aspects of the film, and and maybe it just veered a little bit too far in one direction there about halfway through. Well, just the size and the scope of, of uh, the hundred or so vehicles and the enormity of pulling all that together would be, uh, I would think, very daunting as the first time and, and, and quite different than the more confined uh, nature of the film that he did for the TV movie Duel. Yeah. But boy, he, he certainly didn't waste any time in <laughs> becoming exceptional with all the movies that came later. Uh, one of the things I liked about the movie was the role that Ben Johnson played. He seemed to be one of the very few law enforcement people that could keep control of the situation. All these all these people were running all over the place. And, and then I was thinking, what, what were these two people doing that drove over from Louisiana in their patrol cars? That seemed absurd to me. And and we're not talking about a short drive from where they were to Sugarland in that area. That's a long haul. There were two or three of these that made it seem a little less 
real. That was almost that was almost cartoonish. Those two patrol officers in those cars whipping down the freeway. I mean, like a hundred miles an hour. That was that was out of left field because isn't that so out of their jurisdiction too? Like they're not even in the right state. I loved how when they first show up at the on the scene, they cause a huge accident. It reminded me a little bit of near the end of the Blues Brothers where they're having this chase all over the freeway. <laughs> and it really was, it detracted from the main story. I was wondering, I guess anybody starting out would have some unevenness in the in the story. The first part, you, you kind of get to know the characters and then it gets really kind of uh, dramatic at the end where the, sh- the sharpshooters uh, show up. So it was it was it was kind of uneven as I watched it. Uh, I I think that a little bit of a spoiler here uh, t- toward the end, but I think it would have been a better movie if he deviated from what actually happened, and and maybe they could have escaped at the end. Oh yeah, I think they could have totally cut those characters out of the movie, and it would have been not noticed that we wouldn't have noticed it at all, except. I guess they wanted them there for comic relief when they caused that big accident, but I'm not really sure other than that. But yeah, yeah it's interesting. That's That makes me think about like the movie E.T., where it starts off kind of lighthearted, and then all the government agents show up with their guns, which he, he retconned out in like a re-release of the movie where they took out all the guns digitally, but... I remember seeing that movie E.T. in the theater and being, like, scared when they showed up with the guns, and it kind of was similar to, to this movie, where it was, like, kind of two different movies, almost. Gosh, I hadn't I hadn't seen... I haven't seen the... Uh, like it would, That would be called the director's cut, where he went back in and changed it? Yeah, it's like... There's a term for it in pop popular culture called retconning, where you go back in the and you fix things in the original that you feel like don't fit anymore or that you wish well, you'd done I'd like differently. To apply that to some other uh, things a... in life. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, go back and retrofit yeah, we... <laughs> my grades in undergraduate school. Wow. You know? <laughs> I was I was uh, a little surprised that the, the Rotten Tomatoes rating on, on uh, the Sugarland Express was uh, 91%. It was very high, and and the reviews for it were were quite quite high. Um, and one of the critics called uh, film critic Pauline Keel called the film one of the most phenomenal debut films in the history of the cinema. Roger Ebert was less enthusiastic, complaining that Spielberg pays too much attention to the technical aspects of the film and not enough to the character development. Two different views on the hmm. on the movie. Hmm. Well, I think it is amazing. It's an amazing first to, feature film for sure. Like, there's no doubt to put all that together. Just that car chase alone. Yeah, and to do it on a pretty low budget and using some new camera technology. Did you read how th- this was the first time they could do that? I did panning yeah. shot inside of a car because of the yeah. So that was a pretty cool uh, feature of the film in terms of uh, how they use the camera technology. But yeah, I, I, I really also liked um, the character played by William Atherton. Yes. Clovis. 
And it's so funny because I, I always think of him from his later roles, like Real Genius and Die Hard and, and stuff. And it's it, you see, I see some of the same affectations and things that really he played upon later in, in, in those roles in this role. But this is a much more serious kind of dramatic role for him than, than some of those other ones. It, it really is. I, when I was watching him, I, I kept thinking of Die Hard from 1988, where at the end of the movie, or near the end of the movie, He's playing the reporter, Richard Thornburg, and uh, <clears throat> Bruce Willis's spouse or ex-spouse punches him in the nose because he'd been such a jerk with the, <laughs> with the, with the reporting. And then they, the, off, uh, off the heroes go, uh, a little bit of a switch. I, I read the real story of, the, it's called The Real Story Behind Sugarland Express, and uh that story alone is amazing, because you know when, yeah. they, when they had all those car, the police cars on the highway, I thought, would that really have happened? And according to this uh, article, it did. How they would drive through the towns and everybody would show up, yeah, want to give them gifts and stuff. That to me was totally believable. I, I was thinking of of like the slow motion car chases in Los Angeles and stuff, where it becomes this huge spectacle. And uh, oh, you, you know, remember, you remember, and remember heat, and heat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, I was, I said, you know, yesterday I was sitting in the booth where they filmed that in the restaurant, and I was thinking, wow, what a movie! That, and that that shootout after they robbed the bank, there were a lot yeah, of people a, watching that. I'll bet. I wish that movie was in the time frame we could review because I, I think that's a great movie for sure. Heat. Oh, yeah. that's one of my top favorites. But anyway, I, I got us off track there. Um, what else? So the the plot, uh, I think we've covered. Yeah, I think it's i i thought I thought it was really really funny. The the stupidity of the two main characters, but mainly Goldie Hawn and just her. I don't know if it was her naivete or her just her outlook on life or whatnot. But thinking that they could they could escape from prison. You save sixty-five dollars all on your own. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I missed you. I can't wait no longer. Wait a whole year? Can't you wait another four months? I can't. This is an emergency. Say, isn't this my shirt? Baby, when I leave today, you're coming with me. Shoot! Got your purse pants on. I know. I got it all planned out. You're leaving today. Hmm. I love you. I can't. I only got four more months. No, you lean today. Mm. I can't. I love you, Yeshua. I love you too. Mm. Yes, you're leaving today. I can't. Yes, baby. Please. I can't. Come. Today. Today. I love you. No! If you don't, this is our last time. And then steal a car, and then kidnap a police officer. Now stop! Stop! Now get in that car. Now you listen, Mister. So far, it's Grand Theft Auto, speeding, driving to in danger. You got uh, resisting arrest, threatening an officer. Hindering an officer in the performance of his duty. 
illegal possession of firearms and assault. But if I get in that car, you got kidnapping. That's fair. <laughs> Now, Jane, get in the back seat. after all of that and get their baby and, and, and then somehow live happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it was, uh, and, and I think, surreal. I think Clovis, yeah, I think Clovis played by William Atherton kind of knew like he, but he, he just wanted to make her happy so badly that yes. he, he just went along with it. Even <clears throat> though he, there was that scene in the RV when they're kind of, uh, hiding out in the used car lot. Where yeah. Clovis, <laughs> yes, they took care of that RV. Woo. Yeah, they really did. Clovis and Slide had that talk about how he should give it, like Clovis should give himself up. And I've been thinking about getting on the highway patrol. They won't take a man with a record. I think it's a state law. Just supposing that I were to tell you that this is the end of the line. Just supposing I told you I, I wasn't going to go no further. What? Just supposing. Now, you may kill me, but if you don't come to your senses and throw it down, they're going to kill you. Well, supposing I was worried about that, which I'm not. And supposing no was to get myself up. How many years you figured they give me for breaking out? Now, I couldn't tell you, but it might go real easy being as how you're a regular fella and all. Well, I am a regular fella. I never shot a man. <laughs> there you go. That's a major point with the law. Make you mighty happy, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes, and make everybody happy. Well, where are you two? It's already sun up. Now, Jean, what make her happy? Man, they locked me up from now to Moses. And I think Clovis was really considering it until he saw Lou Jean played by Goldie Hawn, and then he's like, "No, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with what she wants to do." Um, but yeah, it was interesting how they kind of see. I thought there was a good amount of character development between the three of them in the police car. I, yeah, I, I, I think maybe Mr. Ebert was referring to some of the other characters because I thought. The police car, the the scenes in there, and Ben Johnson's character. I think those were, but there were some like those three or four guys that showed up to have the big shootout at the RV. You know, they were local people that were going to take care of the situation. Yeah. I mean, that was that was like a cartoon. Yeah, so like that that that's a good example. The two officers that came in from Louisiana is a good example where it resulted in a huge car wreck and then a huge shootout in the used car lot which were technically really cool but yeah there you didn't really care much about the characters that were involved besides the four main characters or the uh the the one sheriff's deputy or highway patrol officer that's hiding 
near that gas station in his car, and then he pulls out at the last minute, causes that big wreck. Oh, yeah. That seemed that a was... little... I don't think that's a part of their uh, training at the police academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's the movie Police Academy, then any, oh, God. A- anything goes. <laughs> when was that movie released? That would be a good oh, one to watch. Oh, you know, I think 1981 or 80, uh, 82. It's, I think it's just about, outside the... You know, if we do these long enough, we could raise our... Uh, Years from 1979 to 1989 for the yeah coverage. that opens up a whole another whole another <laughs> decade. Does. We could do about, we could do Porky's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another high class film. Yeah, that's a pinnacle of cinema. What about Airplane? That would be a good one. Yeah, that, that was in the 70s. Was it really? Oh, I think so. Wasn't it? I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Would you like to do your rating and then I'll. I'll follow you. Oh, Airplane was 1980. Oh, darn. (laughs) I wonder when it was made. Maybe we could switch our... If it was made in 1979, would that qualify? Maybe maybe they did an early early screening in 79. (laughs) In Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, So my rating, let's see. Um, I kind of felt like it was a middle-of-the-road movie for me. I I was going to give it a five. Boy, I, I'm right there. I uh, I went between a five and maybe a six. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay at five. Yeah. In spite of the rotten uh, tomatoes at ninety one percent. Yeah, there was parts of it that I really liked, like the interaction of the four main characters, and I liked how at the end Slide, played by Michael Sachs, kind of came around and, and <clears throat> really wanted them to not get not have have happen what happened to them yeah but it just i wonder what happened to him in a later life the patrol officer that was the kidnap victim I, yeah. I i didn't look that up but i'm i'm assuming he's still around you mean the real ca- the real person the, the real person there's a photograph of him but i i didn't uh i didn't read about his I don't know if he stayed with the highway patrol or what but anyway so we're we're at the five huh you know, I think part of my rating, I think I was a bit unfair in the sense that when I think of the outstanding movies that uh, Mr. Spielberg has made, and there's so many of them, I think that maybe made it harder to, to, to rate this one based on that later work like Schindler's List and Munich and Lincoln and on and on. Yeah, maybe. But I, did, I didn't think about that so much as just how much did I enjoy this movie and kind of what did I feel about it at the end of it? And there's parts of it that are really great. And then there's parts yes. of it that are just real head scratchers and just sort of like, <laughs> what, what the heck? And it kind of balanced out for me, right. To be in the middle. Well, at least we saw about the same thing based on our ratings. So, um, our next review, our next podcast May, may be a little later just because of what's going on here. Well, we're on a we're on like a three to four week release schedule. Oh, so, so maybe, maybe <laughs> I just yeah, that's about right. Uh, I guess we decided that we would do uh, Frisco, Frisco Kid, Ki- I think, the right? Frisco Kid, yes, yeah, the Frisco Kid it's... with Gene Wilder and uh Harrison Ford which is such an odd pairing to me but <laughs> it's, it is so funny it's it's a it's a buddy movie 
that involves a rabbi from Europe and a uh, bank robber. And the audience can guess which person's playing which role. <laughs> it's a very funny movie. Uh, you'll yeah, you'll enjoy good. it. I, we watched it again the last like, couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I got the DVD yesterday, so I'm ready to watch it. All right. Um, and then after that, I think we're going to do Bringing Up Baby, right? Bringing Up Baby with Cary Grant and I believe some kind of four-legged, uh, I forget what kind of animal it is, but it's one from the wild. If I have the right movie, which I believe I do. I think I think I think baby is actually a four-legged wild animal. Oh, okay. I haven't seen this movie, I don't think. I have not either. My mother loved Cary Grant movies, so probably she saw it five times. But if you if you're looking there, you may see a pet a pet leopard. Oh, <laughs> who wouldn't want that? Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant and a pet leopard and and a and, pet leopard. and pet leopard is a is the baby. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that right that away really piques my interest. Yeah. Now <laughs> right. I'm much. I'm. A, I gotta see this. All right. Well, did you want to mention anything about the film festival? All right. So we got invited to participate in a film festival, which is on the surface kind of surprising because we don't make films, but they have a category for best movie related podcast, and so we've submitted classic movie reviews uh, as a, a submission and we've been selected to be reviewed so we're a finalist and we'll see how that goes but it's fun to just be recognized like that and to be invited to participate i think it's the uh i think the title of the festival is the west coast film festival and their headquarters are in malibu yeah it was started uh about 10 years ago by a group of industry folks that wanted to recognize uh, various films and podcasts and music and all kinds. You should go check them out. It's really uh, cool, a lot of categories. And I had no idea how many different film festivals there are in the world. There's a website called filmfreeway.com, uh, and you can go there and just see like how many different film festivals there are. I was like amazed. It takes a while to scroll down the page. And the other good news is we've uh, we've reached the ten thousand listener mark for our yeah podcast. that was amazing I uh, the year over year growth in listenership was incredible um, so thank you to everybody that's listening and sending us comments and suggestions and we've got quite a list of movies to go through we're gonna try to step up our uh, uh, frequency of how often we do these so that we can get more movies out there and we just love doing them so that's always fun and again if you can go out to itunes and leave a review or or like us on facebook it helps a lot to get the visibility up and that's kind of how people find out about us so really appreciate everybody that's done that and and anybody that could do that would be great i echo those comments matt i really do we really enjoy and appreciate the comments and the suggestions for films so keep those cards and letters coming, electronically speaking, <laughs> as they used to say yeah. back in the day. All right. Oh, just a quick aside. Uh, I've discovered there's a channel on XM Radio called 40s Junction. Oh. And they play all music from the 40s, and they have these great interstitial like little things that they do between music where they'll pretend like 
an announcer from a, a 40s show has been transported to 2018. And he says, one of the things that they say, it's hilarious. He says, we have a computer. It's uh, a block long and weighs uh, five tons. And uh, we... <laughs> it, has, it has four bytes of memory. And we've hired a kid from the neighborhood to help us run that Facebook thing. And then the, this, this voice of this kid comes on and goes, gee, thanks, mister. <laughs> And then, he, and then he says, the reason I thought of that, then he says, so keep those cards and letters coming. Oh, God. what's the name of that? What channel is it? Uh, 40s Junction. I'll have to find Junction. what channel it is on XM Radio. But it's, it's. It, I like the music, but the interstitial stuff is hilarious. Too. Oh, man. That's great. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews. And I'm Matt Johnson coming to you from North Bend. And I'm Bob Johnson, coming to you from Los Angeles and wishing you all happy movie-watching. I suppose you'll be wanting that. He took my gun, but he wasn't going to use it. <laughs>